Hello, welcome to another episode of I've Got Ox on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. Um, I'm your host, Gavin Leister, and we also have with us, of course, Allie and Bella. And today we're switching things up a little bit and doing kind of a hybrid tribute episode to the Beatles. So we're going to do two segments and we're going to do three songs. So you're used to hearing just one song, but we're going to do three. So hold on to your seats, your kids, your wallet, because <laughs> we're coming for you with the Beatles. Um, yeah. yeah. There's no real, um, there's no anniversary about nope. the Beatles. I mean, I'm sure there is, but we we're just, just like kind it. of doing this simply because we can't do it because everyone knows the Beatles and we can't have a blind listener. Exactly. So we're just like, what so we're all just going to pick our favorite it. Beatles song and Maybe. they all happen to be from different eras. Yeah. It was just, yeah, there was no planning to this at all. <laughs> Any planning that you see is purely coincidental. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was not on purpose. Okay. So I'm going first. My song is, uh, do you want to know a secret? Um, this is from their first album, released in 1962, and yeah, we're just going to play it for you and talk a little bit about it. Listen, do you want to know a secret? Do you promise not to tell? Whoa, whoa closer, let me whisper in your ear, say the words you long to Welcome back to Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7. This is I've Got Ox, and yep. you are listening to the first of maybe many hybrid episodes devoted solely to the Beatles. So that was Do You Want to Know a Secret by, off their first album, Please Please Me. Um, that was sung by the one and only George Harrison, written by mostly John Lennon, some Paul McCartney. Um, Classic. Yes. They, they have joint writership on it, but um, John Lennon actually claimed it after the Beatles broke up is something he wrote. And it's actually about him and his marriage. So originally when, um, you know, as boy bands are, you want to make sure they all stay unmarried. Otherwise that hurts the, the image of the boy band. And so John was going to get married. And their manager, Epstein, he was like, ah, you can't do that because that's going to hurt the, you know, what the band looks like if we have all four of these guys and one of them's married. So they had to keep it down low. And Epstein offered him his apartment that he had an extra apartment. And the song's about the secret of John getting married to some girl. And so right, that's cute. I thought, yeah. I think maybe because it's kind of, um, a classic, there's an, there's a sense of innocence and purity to it. Yeah. So when I hear that, I sort of think of, I don't know, early high school. Sweethearts yeah. I think type it's, of love. it could be so like that cute. dual, like we, no one can know about this. It's kind of a secret, but also like, yeah, like, yeah. Hey, I, I want to tell you something like, I love you. Like, like it's kind of cute. It? Yeah. So, and also it's kind of interesting. The fact apparently that, uh, apartment was actually owned by Epstein because he was actually in a homosexual relationship <gasps> and that was his kind of Gay? his getaway his getaway apartment with the uh his his boyfriend so yeah <laughs> fun fact about that but it's also sung by George Harrison which is the best Beatle yes okay interesting in Allie's humble opinion <laughs> in Allie's humble opinion I love George he always looks like this though yeah. <laughs> people who are listening can't <laughs> see my impression but he's always like no guys he definitely looks like this he definitely yeah Can he you looks guys more like this, this? <laughs> yeah if you could see it Just you would imagine agree with me. my impressions really good <laughs> yeah no one knows what you look like <laughs> <laughs> no but basically this uh this is the first song in the top 10 that george was featured on singing and uh quote john lennon gave this to him because it was only had three chords so Aww. he's like it's easy enough for for george because <laughs> he was really bad I mean, at singing kind of a dig yeah and george was like i re- didn't know how to sing no one told me how to sing and so 
to like here you go here's he your song does it really well yeah, yeah but I think his good. voice is a ni- the way yeah, he says yeah. secret it's like secret like oh, yeah. it almost sounds like <laughs> yeah it's, it's a little trill a very cute like like British accent that he has this little time in the sun you know yeah and well, like, here it comes I just think it's great that their most popular song on Spotify is sung by him but like okay yeah here comes the sun we get the reference wow <laughs> but anyways it's just really cool that their top song on Spotify is, you know. Wait, is this? No, is sung by George Harrison. Oh, even I was though he say. was like the overshadowed, overlooked Beatle. Yeah, exactly. Okay, like glad he, we all have that He can stick sentiment. it to the man. Yeah, he is. It's what is their top song? Here comes the sun. Oh, I was thought that was Hey Jude, but no, that's stupid. like their fifth. I guess I here comes yeah. But I mean, it's Spotify. It's not like the end all be all. Yeah, you it's can on billboard buy streams. So. That's true. What George yeah. is probably doing Legally? this, seeing that he's alive still. So. Uh, yeah, like you can buy followers on Instagram. You can also buy streams. I this is something I just learned, and it kind of shattered my perception. Can you like get really in trouble for that? Yeah, or like probably. is that like a normal? I think it might thing. just be one of those things where it's like a lot of people do it, but nobody talks about it. But yeah. I don't really yeah. think the Beatles have to worry about their streaming numbers. No, considering no. most of them are dead. I do that uh, without True. cheating, so I I get them lots of stream numbers. Yeah, don't but we all? I just love that because it's like innocent Beatles. It's their first yeah. album. They're Fresh off the streets and mm-hmm. of London, you know. They sound very like fifties, like yeah, in the doo wah woos. Yeah, like, it's cute. It's, so it's cute. very pure. And yeah, it's just like very childish and very innocent, and I miss it. And I wish you know all their <laughs> stuff the was like this. Generation. I don't, but but I think the song. <laughs> I <don't>. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> okay, I'd say I don't. I think they've evolved so nicely. And I was gonna say the song that I'm doing after Gavin is in my life, and sort of this this style, although it's different than in my life, it almost is like. I think in my life and some of their f- later work is almost just a more somber and serious version yeah, of that kind of yeah they like, matured bop yeah like, you the, know fifties yeah. which is lovely but I don't think that's necessarily you can't make that the rest the of your longevity life. of that is it's it's like One Direction they did that too like they had their kind of yeah. Mm-hmm throwaway album and then they got serious and it's more mature one well they were just doing like what everyone was listening to that if you wanted to be successful you had to sound like yeah and you had to they just evolved with the music and and their audience grew up too like they were able to retain an audience from like a 12 year old all the way to like yeah yeah middle high school and like Mm -hmm. their music had to evolve and what's so. so cool about having a discography that spans that amount of time is just as the beatles and a lot of groups age kind of with the times i think also their perceptions and the things that they're writing about age so like yeah you can hear their idea of love kind of change from this doo-wop very sweet kind of innocent pure thing and you can just kind of see that theme arch through different albums and sort of as the beatles grew up literally but also kind of sonically yeah you can see a lot of their shifts and themes Mm -hmm. grow and mature too yeah and then you see it dominated by drugs eventually which is great well i don't but know it's okay you can't really tell honestly really other than magical mystery tour no. that's true that's i think true. they do a pretty good job of not being able to notice that's true until that's true. i noticed when we watched the documentary especially after what your dad said gavin and you see how they were acting you're like these boys were high all the time yes <laughs> all the time but yep. you know they, they didn't show up as we've learned much. drugs good music <laughs> we're not endorsing drugs. We're just no, endorsing good music. No, not at all. Music. But it's but it does <laughs> that on a shirt. <laughs> don't, don't do drugs. <laughs> make good music. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that that's what we're endorsing. All right. Well, my time is almost up. So maybe we should switch over to the next person. All right. That's who's, me. Who's the next person? That's Allie. Me. We're doing it chronologically. Chronologically. And She's sort of like what we 
were talking about as far or what I was talking about as far as um, themes and sort of the evolution of their sound. I'm doing In My Life, which was off of Rubber Soul, the 1965 album. Mm. Um, I think it's one of the most timeless love songs to date. John Lennon is credited with the lyrics of the song, saying that it was his, quote, first real major piece of work. Although the songs are more personal to Lennon than his past writes, mm. the song still maintains a warm sense of ambiguity that allows listeners to fill in the blanks. What began as a telling of Lennon's old bus route ended up as one of the most beloved songs in the Beatles discography. Um, so this is actually ranked, I think in Mojo, I think it was maybe in 2000, Mojo ranked it like the best song of all time. So any sort of weird comprehensive lists that publications do as far as just kind of the best songs the earth has to offer, this is like surprisingly on the list more so than kind of what you would think, which is like, Hey Jude, let it, let yeah. it be, that, that kind of stuff. And I think there's just such like a, a an element of warmth to this album and specifically to this song, I think that. It just resonates with so many people. Yeah. I feel like this is the album, like there are a few albums in there kind of coming into their own really as yeah. like good artists or like so, with their sound. Yeah. yeah. This is In My Life by the Beatles. There are places I remember This is Alexandra Hall on Radio Free Hillsdale on 101.7 FM. You just heard In My Life by the Beatles, the 1965 release off of Rubber Soul. On your favorite music show, I've Got I've Ox. I've Got Ox. Yes. That's it. That's where we're, we're having a little Beatles episode here where we're, we're all bringing in our favorite Beatles song and just kind of chatting about it. So yeah. any thoughts on hearing In My Life? How how familiar are we with this song or you, this album? You know, I was more familiar with the title than the song. I thought, really? like, oh, I know that song, but I didn't actually wow. remember that at all so that was really nice isn't it just lovely it. it's really cute i've heard it in fact i think i heard it recently when ali told us she was doing it i didn't listen to it but now that i have, am hearing it mm -hmm. i think i heard it like recently when over christmas break i was at a coffee shop i think they played it but it is i like had never intentionally listened it's so cute yeah. i love the little like like that's a th it's really and then a harpsichord solo it's just like i think if i read for it correctly it was like maybe it was a piano a piano solo that they made sound like a harpsichord but oh. a harpsichord was also was the goal and it very well could be a harpsichord i can see how they yeah that's interesting it's like really distorted it yeah and i just think this song does a really good job i think what's interesting is that lennon said that this was his most personal song yet and none of his first draft really remains in what we hear now. Oh, okay. And it was rewritten to be sort of more ambiguous and open. Mm. And I think that's what gives it this sort of almost magic quality to it in that everybody, I think it allows the listener to kind of view whoever they're thinking about when they're listening to that yeah. song. You yeah. know, their, their partner, their soulmate, whatever you want to call it. I think it's also about just sort of exploring the balance between nostalgia for your past and also dwelling too hard and getting stuck in it. So I just think it's beautiful that a lot of the lyrics acknowledge 
acknowledge things of the past and acknowledge settings that have played roles in their life, but also understanding that this kind of one person, this one experience has sort of transcended all of them. Yeah. And like, like you were saying, it's kind of ambiguous now that you can kind of take it and instead of making it just John Lennon's life, he's like in my life and right. kind of pin it on yourself. Like, right. And there's so yeah, there's so many phrases that you can just kind of connect with. Like, I thought I'd never lose your affection. Like that can mean so many things. And yeah. someone can just take that and put that on any situation. Like I've done that with songs before. And like, I think we talked a couple episodes ago, like you were talking about the meaning of a song and you're like, I don't really want to look into it too much because to me it means this. And yeah. I didn't really want to have that change. Cause mm-hmm. like you can connect so much meaning to a song when it allows you to do that. It's right. kind of like an open yeah. canvas to you to make it mean whatever you want it to. I think the Beatles are good at doing that. I mean, good is probably an understatement. And I think <laughs> also in contrast, I guess they're all right. Uh, I think in contrast, a lot of modern music is hyper detailed, if that makes any sense. Yeah. It's like, Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, I picked up the keys off the table. At 8 a.m., 8.42. Yeah. <laughs> rushed out the door. Yeah. yeah but be- the Beatles paint the same picture with like, it's almost Less like words. writing more concisely yeah. and like not and trying it. to be flowery and eloquent. And it does the job better. And you yeah. leave, it leaves more to the imagination. I think right. they do do that. Like with Eleanor Rigby, I know they like, there's like mm. a lot of it, like detail with that, but. But it it, that's more. a specific like mission that story. they did yeah. with that song. Yeah. And that song is very different kind yeah. of to their other pieces. Yeah. It's, it's wonderful. Like, I think this is the best love song ever written. Yeah, and I have just, no hesitance in saying that. Yeah, and it's something I feel like you could play at a funeral, but also like play to someone you really yeah. love. Yeah, like it's a wedding like, or a funeral. Yeah, it just fits that. <laughs> you get to Duality. pick. Yeah. You get to pick. Or yeah. both. Because it has like, I don't know, some of the chords in it, like not to get too technical, but some of the chords are very like mellow the way they yeah. switch and it kind of like makes it have a mellow undertone, but then like the little guitar riff is kind of happy and the whole thing, the drum beat's kind of like a... like Steady. Yeah, it's steady and it's almost rock and rolly in the way that it goes but it's very all of the things that i read about in my life what what words i kept seeing was musing and meditation and i think those are very Mm. telling about what that song brings as like an ambiance it's very just it's mellow and it's almost melancholic but it's also just incredibly sweet you know what i mean i get that that's wonderful Alrighty, so that wraps up our first section on our little two-part Beatles episode. You can tune in with us for our second segment where we'll cover Bella's song and sort of wrap up our discussion about the Beatles. And maybe you'll hear some unheard tea about the Beatles. Oh, unheard? I don't know. The most publicly known band to ever exist. I'm just trying to get them to come back. (laughs) We have secrets. You'll never know what I have to say. (laughs) Yeah, you'll never believe. (laughs) All right, well, we'll see you guys in the next segment. Bye. Welcome to the second segment to our kind of Beatles hybrid tribute episode. We're just going to talk. We each picked a little Beatles song to do, our favorite ones, just so we can kind of all get a chance to talk about one of the greatest bands ever. Of all time. Basically. On I've Got Ox, 
on I've Got Ox on Radio Free, Hillsdale, 101.7. Got it. <coughs> Exclusive to mm-hmm. this station. Totally. You won't hear this anywhere else except Spotify. But okay. okay. Well, I chose two of us because it's adorable. It's and the, just the sweetest thing so ever. It's so sweet. It's very, like, wholesome, and it's off the Beatles' final album. And at least when I will we'll listen to it, but I feel like it's it's almost like the closing in a way. And the meaning's yeah. really interesting. I'll talk about it more. Okay. But here's The Two of Us by The Beatles. Let's go. Welcome back to I've Got Ox on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7. That was Two of Us by The Beatles. So I chose to do the, uh, the Two of Us, and I chose it because it's so cute, and it's the cutest little love song. But actually, it's not just about Linda. It is about her, but not all the way. Because so Linda McCartney, right? Well, yes. But actually, I, I found out that he wrote this song and then he married her like six weeks after, which is adorable. Oh, that and is really sweet. she did die later. Oh, she's dead? Rip. Yeah, she died. Something we should know, and I had no idea. Let me make yeah. sure. No, I think, I think she's definitely I think she's dead. dead. Yeah, anyway, she's dead, which is very sad. That but. song kind of reminded me of Seaside Woman. Did you guys, that's a song by Linda McCartney. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah, and it, it sort of has the same, like, tempo and energy. The ding, 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 kind yeah. of Yeah. When was it written? Um, I'm guessing before her death. <laughs> um, that's a good guess. I think this, it was 1998. Okay, wow, right before. Oh, my gosh. That was so my af- was oh my, that's also the year she died in Tucson, Arizona. <laughs> She did. She did die in Tucson, Arizona. Which okay, is, which is kind of coincidental. That Anyways, is cool. I'm wow. so sorry. Linda McCartney family. lore. Yes. Yeah, for real. Episode. Anyways, okay. So obviously, this song, um, this song is about like Paul and Linda and their cute little relationship. Yeah. And I think actually Linda's the one who like went on record being like, "Yeah, it's about me." Nice. Um, but basically, <laughs> they had this this cute little they would just like get in the car and just drive around tradition yeah Yeah. where they would just drive around and be and like just just go go wherever it goes yeah she's she talks about how she used to say went to her dad when she was younger oh like let's get lost let's just go somewhere but you can't really do that because she was like with her dad like in i think she says new york city and so you can't get lost i mean you can but like you just start everywhere she meant like in there are signs yeah and so but she went she moved to england to be with the paul mccartney and sir sir Sir, I'm so sorry, Sir <laughs> Paul McCartney. There you go. I'm so sorry, <laughs> Your Majesty. <laughs> but he, um, if you're listening, he, they would go on these little drives in the English countryside and just like drive around the whole day and see where the road took them. They like actively and try to get lost. Yeah, right? and I think part of it is also he, especially towards the end. This is off their final album, Let It Be. Especially towards the end, it was so much like pressure and just like their music was not doing the same thing for yeah, it, it that really it had forced. been doing before. It felt really forced. And so Paul also kind of needed that kind of that space to just let go mm-hmm. and like just and like kind of be free. And so that's the 
that's what this song is about like finding kind of his solace and just being with her and like having all these pure little moments but also a lot of people like to speculate and it does seem kind of true that this song also touches on uh paul's relationship with john and of course they're Mm. both credited to the song they sang it together like in the same microphone very like wholesome little i feel like it really like it feels like the closure of their career in a way it's and at the end he even says goodbye which is kind of cute like it's the first track on the album but like you know it's like kind of like the two of us we did all these nice little things together and this is kind of over and he says they're on our way home. Yeah, like, we're on our end. way home. Yeah. Like yeah. we're the end of the journey. Yeah. And even I, I read that when he says like the two of us wearing raincoats, um, they a lot of people tie that back to like the Help album cover, oh, where they're on their so little raincoats oh and John gosh. and Paul. Wait, that that's so really sweet. That's really sweet. And so it's kind of like the homage. It, it's it it has two kind of meanings. It's an homage yeah. to their friendship and their career like coming to a close, oh, wow. while also like. I kind of feel like it's like closing a door and opening another yeah. because mm-hmm. right after this, he married his wife. Yeah, who it's he the end of the adventure dearly. and the yeah. start of a new one. A start of a new one where it's just like him and his wife, but it's the end of like this huge thing that was their entire lives. And it's kind of like just this cute little tribute to like their friendship and everything that's, they had that's done. That's really sweet. Yeah. And, cool. and of course, like the lyrics are just so wholesome. It's very um, white album, like Obladi Oblada. That yeah. sort of light. Fl- not fluff but yeah, it's fun loving energy mm-hmm. and I think also for this album it maybe stands out in comparison to some of the other songs in yeah. as far as theme and seriousness goes mm-hmm. oh, for sure. there's a lightness to this which almost from what you're talking about is sort of symbolizing that no matter how serious life gets in marriage or in working relationships no matter how creative they are um, it all kind of follows the same path and you sort of end up yeah. in the same place mm-hmm. yeah and I think it's just a really great the image of like and we're on our way home it's like after a long long day of like traveling and you're like we're almost there like over the hill and turn right and the driveway's there like yeah Mm. and at this point like i said like they weren't loving making their music yeah they were really kind of stale and like i think what ali just said too it really especially just now hearing um i have a secret tell me a secret oh you want to hear a secret do you want to hear a secret it sounds a lot more like like you said it stands out because it it almost like it almost feels like they went full circle yeah. a little bit yeah. and they ended with this like wonderful little happy Acoustic, song yeah. the little whistling at the end it's just very like it's almost like you can see them leaving yeah and, like, you're, you like, can hear yeah. the car pulling it's a send off yeah. yeah like this is it and both those songs i didn't mention this when i talked about mine I to usurp some of your time but they s- <laughs> thank you <laughs> they sound like they could be in a movie like yeah. and and specifically like car driving scenes Mm-hmm. in like a 50s set movie with Leonardo DiCaprio and so they're really <laughs> okay we don't have to bring him in <laughs> I think the Beatles are the universal songwriters of the movie that everybody thinks they're playing in their head if that makes any yeah, sense that is a want. great way to put the, that the yeah. Beatles are my soundtrack just as much as they are hundreds of millions of other people's soundtracks yeah. and I think that's why people love them so much because I for me at least I can listen to other artists and I'm like wow I love this this serves a purpose at a time in my life this means x y and z to me yeah. but the Beatles are very much that overarching mm-hmm. anytime I feel lost or confused or even happy like you have a Beatles song yeah. you go to or they an album it's, yeah. it's the music in my life 
Oh my god! Just like the song that Ellie was played so earlier. Good. How many Beatles puns can we put in one? I don't know. I've stabbed myself. Oh, well, the fact that you just said well, Beatles okay, is a pun. So let's get back. Um, oh, to what, thank you, thank you, everybody. Man, ah, sweet ah, Loretta ah. Marsh. Oh my God, Tucson, Arizona. <laughs> so we just sorry. do a medley of just I saying know. different names. Poor Linda's family. I hope they don't hear this. Yeah, I, I don't think anybody's. You never know. Running. I don't think Linda's rolling in her grave. <laughs> we love you, Linda. Yeah, love you. By the way, even though you kind you're of listening. What kind of what, Gav? Oh, no. <laughs> I don't know. Not the she man pulling wonderful. up. I don't know she about you guys. Wings oh, with God. Paul, which was not a great thing. But wings kind of sucked. Sorry. Yeah, no, they were, That's my hot take. They were just not the best. They I just think were fine. It, and it's mostly the fault of the 70s pop say? music. So it's okay. Wings? Wings. Oh. Their solo project. Yeah, okay. I was like, like, wings? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, chicken wings. <laughs> I think also, like, especially if you watch the Get Back documentary, makes you love Linda even more because yeah. you have freaking like Yoko Ono over here, yeah, who and just mo- scares you, and she's just this sweet little, yeah, little American girl, woman. you know? Just yeah, like, she's the little um, all American girl. Woman. Yeah, that's very cute. Wonderful. We love Linda. We love her. It Sorry is. about you dying. Well, thank you, Bella. I t- kind of forgot that song existed until it just played. Yeah. I think that's with a lot of Beatles songs, especially if you grew up listening or you've listened to them for so long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's impossible to remember all of them all at once. And we did get a little bit on a tangent there, but we do love Linda. We do. Yeah. Let the record show that we love Linda McCartney. <laughs> she last, is awesome. Our last statement on Linda. Exactly. Is that she's Seaside awesome. Woman is R. a banger. <laughs> R.I.P. We uh, are going to leave on. you. Moving yeah, on. we're going to leave you guys with kind of... All three of us agreed on one of the best Beatles songs. Yep. We came together. Yeah. Okay. Despite come the together. Pun. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse We're me. We're gonna leave you with something. Something. How do we feel about the song? What Any general what ideas? What is that something, Allie? Something. Quote. It's unquote. It's mysterious. It's entirely ambiguous. That's the great thing about something is that. There's just no defining characteristics of the person that song is written about. Yeah. And so everybody thinks that that song is written about them or their significant other. That's great. True. And it's good for like cover opportunities because then like yeah. Frank Sinatra can sing it and be like just as meaningful as when. Did he sing it? Did Sinatra cover it? Pretty this? sure he covered it. I was looking that up and I saw so a video. Interesting. And it said something and then a picture of what's his, <laughs> of Frank Sinatra. Something in the way she moves. <laughs> we're going to cut that out. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to say it out loud. <laughs> she just followed through. It was like in my head and I kind of forgot what we were doing. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. But I, I heard, I did a little research before we started this, that apparently this is the uh, kind of the, the consequence of uh, George asserting himself and being like, we're going to do one of my nice. songs. And that's why it's on the last album because mm. it took a while for him to be like. Like Boy George. Yeah. <laughs> people taking him. Boy George. I said Boy George. Big Boy George. Big, Big Boy George. Boy George is an artist too, I think. I don't know how that is. But it's him like asserting himself and being like, we're going to do one of my songs. And apparently they all hated it at first. Oh. But it's really good. Poor George. I love George Harrison. Yeah. He's I like sad. George's single, single yeah. uh, solo stuff the best. Yeah. And you can already tell like he's definitely has his own sound. Like, yes. He, this could be on the album. And he wrote a couple songs um, like All Things Must Pass mm-hmm. that was written during the Get Back Sessions. And you can already tell Great that he has his own kind of good sound, mm-hmm. his own thing going on. It's quite amazing. We love George. Should we talk about our favorite Beatle yeah. to end it before we yeah. go into something? We're going to do a little internet poll really fast. No, of, we're not. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> no, we're just going to tell you straight out who our favorite Beatles are. Mine is pretty obvious. Mine's pretty obvious. I've also said it probably four times throughout the saying. I love George Harrison and Paul McCartney annoys me. 
End so statement. Mean. Oh my goodness. How can you hate a man so who I don't hate him. Simply He's just him. really annoying to me. And he always has been. Like even as a kid, I just did not like Paul. I just he's so fake to me. Cannot relate. <laughs> Cannot relate. All right. He's Who's my your favorite? favorite? Oh go, yeah, yeah. Paul. So, oh, so. I'm so basic because I like Paul. I don't even care. <laughs> I love I like him. All right. So Allie likes George Harrison. Yes. Bell likes the best beetle. And oh, are you a Lennon? N- I am a Lennon. I fan, yeah. the way I knew that. I love that you can spot people's favorite Beatles. Yeah, and we had to represent everyone but Ringo. Well, yeah. no, Ringo has never been represented. Who's Ringo? If you say you Ringo is your favorite, and offense your line. Yeah, I, I would agree. No one knows who Ringo is. You think you're different. I don't really care. You think you're different? No, yeah. it's not. It's like, yeah. but then again, saying like Paul McCartney's your favorite Beatle is like saying George Washington's your favorite president. Not at, okay. First of all, I don't care what you say about <laughs> Paul McCartney because he's my favorite. <laughs> I didn't pick him for any specific reason besides I like him. Okay. <laughs> and it's Sir Paul McCartney to you. <laughs> You're on a first name basis. Yeah. Hey, Paul. <laughs> SPMC. <laughs> He's my favorite. You guys can hate, but he kept all of them on track. So That's true. He was really, especially after watching the documentary, he really is the band leader through all the drug use and just the lack of direction. He After Epstein died, he was really kind of the... The voice of reason, telling people what to play, mm-hmm. when to play it, show up on time. So we got to give him that. Yeah, he always showed up in time. Never left the band. Yeah, <laughs> George. Yeah, Miss George. Family. Sorry, he was an independent thinker, Bella. <laughs> oh, I'm <laughs> wasn't leaving. a conformist. Sorry, guys, I'm leaving the Beatles. <laughs> oh, yeah, so, that sucks. is kind of like an entitled move. I'm leaving. You know the what he Beatles. said? You know what George Harrison said when he left the Beatles? Hmm. See you around the clubs. That's funny. That is like that the boss's kind of line of all time. That is petty, and that is funny. If yeah. you watch, and the I'm on his side. Because fun fact, you won't oh. see the Beatles around the clubs because they're famous. Can they not go to? clubs? That's why that's funny. I'm sure they went to clubs. If you watch a documentary, you can see that they they snuck a little recording device into a flower vase at the lunch where the, all the Beatles got together and tried to convince George to come back to yeah. the band. Yep. Why would they record it? I don't know. Because but they, you they can were making a documentary it. at the time. So wouldn't it be kind of toxic? That's a little strange. I would probably want to leave the Beatles if they were recording me without my permission. I don't think that was the reason. <laughs> let's, yeah. let's pretend but I didn't say that. speaking of recording. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Paul. Just undermine yeah. your own argument. <laughs> That's wonderful. Yeah, well, this has been our Beatles episode, for better or for worse. It was fun. It was definitely time. for better. It was fun. Yeah. I mean, that's for the listener to decide, but, well, you know. Well, I say it's we, for better. We all have our opinions. It's okay. Yeah, let us know what your favorite Beatle is. Yeah. Comment we don't have anyone to email us. <laughs> don't email us, but please oh, let us know. I think you should email us. We should set up email an email. Scott Bertram. S. Bertram <laughs> at Hillsdale.edu. <laughs> Tell them what your favorite Beatle is. Yes. <laughs> we love you, Mr. Bertram. <laughs> this has been I've Got Ox on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM, and this is Something by the Beatles. Attracts me like no other lover Something in the way 